You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, Think His Thoughts. Enjoy. Starting a series today called Think His Thoughts. Think His Thoughts. Think His Thoughts. If you want to think His thoughts, you're going to have to reject fervently the thoughts of man. You can't do both. If you want to be on God's channel, He has one frequency, that's Jesus. He has no other frequencies to tune into. That's why Jesus saved us so much heartache and and confusion. He said, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Think his thoughts. In these last days that we're living, it is imperative that we choose to think as God thinks and to see things as God sees them. We don't have any time to do otherwise. We don't have a moment to waste. Muling over the ideas of man and the latest headlines. We don't have time for that. It's imperative that today, right now, of our own free will, not out of religious duty or tradition, that we make a choice today in our own mind, in our own heart, to embrace God's thoughts and to embrace His ways. We can't afford to allow one ungodly thought any time in our minds. Can't afford it. It's too costly. It's too costly. I like what Creflo Dollar says. Do you know Creflo? Come on, put your hand up if you know Creflo. If you don't, go online, listen to some Creflo. He's down in Atlanta, Creflo Dollar. He says, if something costs me my peace, it's too expensive. And there will be people who approach you that will ask you to do something for them that's going to cost you your peace. You say no. Your peace is too expensive. You weren't brought into this earth to respond to the bidding of people. You are brought into this earth to respond to the intimate promptings of God's Spirit. The battle that's happening, make no mistake, whether you're talking about COVID or you're talking about riots, the the real battle that's going on is for your thought life. It's for this real estate between your ears. This is the most valuable real estate in the world. Right here. I don't know what the price would be on Zillow. Yeah, but Jesus paid full price for this real estate. Hallelujah. God, the broker, 
sent Jesus the realtor into the earth to purchase this property. And he paid full price for it. It's his. It belongs to him. We give it to him. Listen to me. It's very simple. The thoughts that you allow to stay in your mind, if you allow them to stay in there long enough, they will become things that you believe. It doesn't matter if they're true. Please hear me. The thoughts, and all of us have thoughts come into our minds that are ungodly. All of us do. Because we're living in an atmosphere with all kinds of frequencies traveling through it. But the thoughts that you choose, so it's, don't, don't get upset if you have ungodly thoughts come into your mind. That's not what I'm talking about. We all have that. But if I choose to allow them to stay, and I begin to think on them, eventually they will become things that I believe even if they're not true. Do you know when you believe a lie, you empower the author of it in your life? When you believe a lie, you empower the liar to steal from you. So what we believe, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. The question is, what do you believe? What have you allowed to stay in your mind to the point where you actually believe it? So our beliefs are formed not based on what is true. It doesn't have anything to do with what's true. Truth is not a belief. It's a person. You've got to understand that. Because I believe something doesn't make it true. Now, to me, it seems true because I believe it. But understand, truth is the person of Christ. So I can, I can believe anything I want to. To me, it's going to seem true. But if it's contrary to the person of Christ, it's a lie. No matter how sincere I am, no matter how long I've believed it, And then the, the danger of our beliefs, from our beliefs, rise our values. What we consider valuable and important in life. And then from our values rise our actions. What we choose to invest in. Well, how we choose to spend our time and our energy. And from our actions, we arrive at a destination. And it may be a destination that you were never meant to be at. See, people don't understand how they got where they are. It all started with a thought. A thought that they accepted, that they meditated on, that transformed into a belief, that became a value, that became an action, that moved them to a destination. Yeah. Have you ever found yourself in a place you didn't want to be? I remember when we first moved to Rhode Island. 
Jennifer and I didn't know where that was. We were living in Europe at the time, and we had to get out a map, say, where's, where's Newport at? And someone told us they have a lot of Dunkin' Donuts in that area of the country. Really? I said, okay, I, I like that. <laughs> Come on, America runs on Dunkin'. It's no secret, right? <laughs> have you seen the commercial? So I'm driving uh, from somewhere, I don't remember where, heading back to Newport, and I missed my exit, and I'm, I'm heading uh, southwest, and all of a sudden I see the Connecticut state line. So I call Jennifer and says, where are you? I said, I'm in Connecticut. <laughs> I was someplace I wasn't intending to go, but I was there. Why? Because I missed my sign. I missed my exit. I wasn't aware of the indicators that would lead me to my destination. God's Word is the sign and the indicator that will take you where you need to be. That's why we call this place highway. A highway is a structure that enables you to go from where you are to where you long to be, to where you need to be, to where you were made to be in life. Jesus is that highway. Don't waste your valuable time and energy. Don't waste your creative gifts. Give your whole self to Jesus. Let him take where you were take you where you were made to be. A total reformation of our thinking is required. I know you might not like that. Some of us are very proud in how we think. And we spend a lot of time developing our ideology of life. And we cling to that and we fight and we won't let it go. But I'm here to tell you if you want to experience the abundant life Christ came to give you, a total reformation of your thinking is required. A reforming of your thinking. To know Him intimately. To experience His will consistently, daily. A total reformation of your thinking is required. Not just His will once in a while, but to daily, consistently move forward in His plan for your life. A total reformation of thinking is required. To fulfill your destiny completely, a total reformation of your thinking is required. Unhindered intimacy with the God of heaven and earth is available to all. But, and this is a huge but, It must be a choice that you make. With your whole heart. If you haven't given your whole heart to God, you're not walking with Him. There's only one way to follow Christ with your whole 
heart. Second Chronicles 16.9, we can put that up there, says this. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. If you're searching for something and you're running to find it, what does that say about what you're looking for? It's really important to you, right? I need to find it as soon as possible. A-S-A-P. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What about those whose hearts aren't fully committed? Passes right by. He passes right by. But I've been, been in church for three years. He passes right by. He can't see you. You know what? He sees hearts that are fully committed to him. Man doesn't see that. That's what God sees. You can have all the Christian badges and awards and, and uh, church attendance you want, but if your heart's not fully committed to him, he passes right by. He expects us to believe Him. He expects us to believe everything He did through His Son. See, questions are good when they reveal a genuine hunger to know Him. But when we begin questioning His nature and the plan of His salvation and the redemption He purchased for us through His Son, then those questions become foolish and unfruitful. And ultimately will lead us into a land of barrenness. Fully committed. Are you fully committed to him? Those of you who are at home, are you fully committed? You know, I laugh. I was thinking about this as the Lord was preparing me. I think back to to when I got married. And I came to know Christ at the age of... Uh, 19, right before my 20th birthday, and Second Chronicles 16.9 probably was in like the first, I don't know, 10 to 15 verses I memorized. And there I was at the time, you know, uh, I was lost, but just came to know Christ, and I was at that point at a state university of about 18,000 students, all kinds of ideas and stuff going on, and I said, look at this. He wants to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are fully committed. And I, I purposed that I would be one of those who was fully committed to him. And, and I'm thankful that maybe, I don't know, a year to two years later, God brought Jennifer into my life, and I knew that she was to be my wife. We didn't get married till another uh, five years later. Uh, was I 25 when we got married? 1994. But, you know, I grew up watching worldly movies in a house that was ungodly, you know, getting smashed, doing stupid things. And so, you know, as I, as I got married, I remember, I don't know, maybe uh, 
I, I was traveling in different nations in the world. I was a musician at the time, before the year before our wedding, and you know, traveling with a lot of guys that were unsaved. And I, there were some movies they would talk about watching. One of the things before, so the world has this custom before you get married that the grooms to have a bachelor party. Because it's the groom, this is the world's thinking. It's the groom's last chance. How, how dark is that? How foreign to God is that? That's the exact opposite of how God thinks. Last chance, are you kidding me? I'd be missing out if I didn't fully commit to this woman. Why would I ever want to do anything other than fully commit to my wife? You know, I did the night before I was married. The man who led me to Christ was my best man, and we sat in our hotel room, and we just told stories of God's goodness in our lives. And we worshiped God and thanked Him that that next morning I was going to enter into union with the woman He prepared for me. Hearts that are fully committed. In fact, if you're struggling in your Christian walk, this is probably the issue. You haven't fully committed your heart to Him. Oh, I've seen so many. They'll come for pastoral counseling. And I try and be kind. I don't know how well I do at that. Because the issue is they haven't committed. They're not fully committed to Christ. They like the messages that they're hearing. They like the good things they read in the Bible. But they haven't given their whole self to Christ. If they just give Him their everything, problem's gone. The issues they've been wrestling with for years would dissipate and fade. Do you know that our relationship with Christ is likened unto a marriage in the Scriptures? Can you imagine entering into a marriage with someone who says, I'll be fully committed to you on Sunday. I mean, I'm yours. From, from midnight to midnight. But Monday, Tuesday, and I'll give you Wednesday. But Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to see who I want, date who I want. Okay? So let's get married tomorrow. Would you do it? You wouldn't. Why are you so quick to say no? Because we know marriage is a total commitment. Who would want to enter into a relationship with someone that was faithful one day a week? Or two days a week? Or six days a week? This is a seven day a week, fiery, red hot romance with the maker of heaven and earth. Are you kidding me? Listen to man? No, thank you. How backwards is that? Look to man for answers? I, I, what? Expect the government to solve my problems? What? A lot of Christians go into bachelor parties looking to the world for answers because they haven't fully committed to the groom, Jesus Christ. It's time to be fully 
committed to the one who made you, the one who came to earth for you, the one who suffered for you, died for you, was buried for you, rose again for you and ascended to the Father for you and sent his spirit to clothe and fill you. Jeremiah 29, 13, are you ready for this? Can you handle total commitment? We don't want to live without it if we're honest. Can you imagine a parent that said, I'll be your, I'll be your dad on Sunday and Wednesday, but Monday and Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I'm just going to be my own person. I'm just going to do what I want with my life, and, and you're not my child. Could, what would happen if a child had to grow up like that? Their heart would be broken. We're made for total commitment. We are designed for it. When we don't get that, we break. When there is a husband who doesn't have total commitment from a wife or a wife who doesn't have total commitment from a husband, the hearts are broken. When there are children who grow up in a home where the mother and father aren't totally committed to each other, hearts are broken and only Christ can repair them. Selfishness is an enemy that will destroy your soul. Jeremiah 29, 13. Uh Uh-oh. You will seek me and find me. When? When you seek me with all your heart. So what if I don't seek him with all my heart? I'll never find him. Hello? When will I find God? When I seek him with everything I am. When I give him everything I am, I'll find him. He asks nothing less because he's a good father. You would ask nothing less of the person you marry to give their whole self to you. That's what marriage is, right? God asks nothing less of us. To to find him, what is required? A giving of your whole self. Have you done that? If you haven't, do it now. We don't have time to waste. This was strongly impressed upon me as I prayed about you this week. The Highway family. Those of you here and those of you at home. This was strongly impressed upon me. See, God sets up the callings, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers and the body of Christ, to be leaders in the body of Christ, not to manipulate you, but to feed, strengthen, equip you to fulfill your destiny so that you can do the work of the ministry. That's what Ephesians tells us. I mean, wherever I would live, the first thing I would look for is a church like this. 
Not religious tradition. I've had way too much of that. But at church, I would, I would scour every corner of every street. I would look under every tree and rock to find a church that was going to proclaim the finished work of Christ, the fullness of the Spirit, the fullness of the gospel. When I found that place, I would immediately plant myself there. Why? Because you find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And I would do whatever needed to be done immediately. I, 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 I would sweep the parking lot. I would, uh, I would clean the floors. I'd change light bulbs. I'd put up chairs. I'd uh, sew afghans or, or quilts. I'd, I don't, whatever needed to be done. I'd, see, your commitment translates into service. How do you know if you're fully committed? Because you'll serve him. You'll serve him without apology. You'll serve him without expecting pay. You'll live to serve him. You will thrive on giving to him. We're getting into commitment now. Does it hurt a little bit? You see, when I marry Jennifer, that means everything I have is hers. We've never had a separate checking account. Why? She can do anything she wants with any money that I receive without asking. Vice versa. Why? We are fully committed to each other. We fully trust one another. Any money that comes into my hands is hers without question. Never even have to talk about it. We're one. Too much fake commitment in the body of Christ. Phony, fluffy stuff. I need some blood, sweat, and tears. People who have given their all for Jesus Christ. So if you haven't found him, it's because you haven't sought him with everything you are. Hallelujah. Let's focus on the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, what? we, we had, uh, I don't remember if it was Amazon Prime or Netflix, but the series Columbo was on. And sometime in the last year, you know, we, used to have, we were having fun watching old Columbo episodes. And I don't really remember them growing up other than I'd see them on every once reruns on TV and my dad liked him. Uh, so we started watching these Columbo episodes and I uh, really thought they were entertaining. And he's one of my heroes, but uh, <laughs> love his dog who has no name. But, but you look at the actual scenarios of these people's lives on their show, the marriages that are so shallow and fake. And unfortunately, they're reflective of real society. 
And, I, and don't misunderstand me, and I heard someone I, I respect, uh, oh, I don't think it, I think it'd be good to share it, but, but my dad, Jennifer's dad, um, shared some time ago, he said, you know, when we were growing up, there really wasn't much of any kind of marriage counseling, but marriages stayed together. And now we have more marriage counseling than ever, and marriages are worse than they've ever been. It's true. Thank God for good counselors. But the answer is total commitment. The answer is total. You want to fix your marriage? Be fully committed to Christ. Be fully committed to Christ. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. You want a blissful marriage? Be fully committed to Christ. It's just that simple. Come on. Sometimes we like to think it's complicated because it justifies our flesh. We think it justifies our sad attitude. So rather than just recognizing the real issue is our lack of commitment, we got to come up with these elaborate reasons of why I feel the way I do. And we've got to find someone who will pat me on the back and tell me, it's okay, baby. Instead of someone kicking you in the pants and say, run after Jesus. Way too much patting on the back and not enough kicking in the pants. I like kicking. I need a kick in the pants sometimes. I'm so thankful the Holy Spirit. He knows just how to kick you in the pants to lift you up and make you strong. Should have called this kick in the pants message. Woo! A boot in the Levi's. That's the title of the message. Commitment is a glorious thing. Total commitment. Total commitment to Christ. Woo! Anything less is a lie. Total commitment to embrace His every word. Total commitment to embrace his every thought as truth. God reveals his thoughts to us in two ways. Through his word and by his spirit. So if you want a vibrant marriage to God, you've got to receive his word and you've got to receive his spirit. Not just one or the other. You need both. Please hear me. The Bible is the written Word of God. I know it's been misused. I know that that people have distorted it, wrongly taught it, legalistically preached it. But the issue is not the Scriptures. The issue is man's ignorance of the heart of God. That's the issue. You can't understand the written word if you don't know the heart of the one who wrote it. So don't let man's ignorance keep you from the food you need to win in life. This is my primary hard copy Bible. I got a bunch at home. 
a bunch of them. Ones that I still kept from years ago that are falling apart because I got notes and stuff in there. So when I first got saved, uh, my friend who was my best man, he gave me a hard copy Bible. And I'd read that thing until it was falling apart, and I'd get another one and read that thing till it fell apart, and I'd get another one and read that thing till it fell apart. And now well, I've got this one, and I'm trying to the, keep it together. It's got some, the be- edges are starting to, but, but what I'll do now, so if I'm traveling a lot, you know, I'll keep this in my hotel room. If I'm going to a conference, I'll just bring my phone because I don't want this to, I'll try and preserve it <laughs> for my private study. But I'm telling you that because you need more than one hard copy Bible, but you need one hard copy Bible that's your go-to. If you don't own one, you're not totally committed to Christ. You're not. Just being straight with you. If you don't have one solid hard copy Bible that you paid for with your own mind, sorry, someone gives it to you, but if you're not willing to purchase one of these and get a nice leather one, 50 bucks, 100, whatever, get it. One that's a good literal translation, like New King James is very good. New American Standard is very good. Get a good literal translation, not a weak, watered-down paraphrase. Get a real deal and get in this thing every day. And listen, don't let the wrong behavior of others, the wrong preaching of others, keep you from eating the food you need to win in life. If you're not reading a hard copy Bible regularly, you're not totally committed. I've got a ton of them on my phone. I don't know how many hard copy Bibles I have in my house. I don't know. Several. On multiple shelves. Several. Some of them, I have duct tape on one of them. Dean, can you give me an amen on that one? Duct tape, yeah. Yeah, because if it went on there, it'd fall apart. I put covers on the other ones because they'd fall apart if it didn't have something zipping them, holding them together. You go through this until you get it. You realize, I need the Word of God in my life. I can't live without it. And I, I get it. I, please hear me. Please don't turn me off. Because there's those say, oh, he's talking about the Bible. I, I, oh, here we go again. Listen, I'm not a Bible thumper. I, I loathe legalism. I loathe man's religious tradition. Loathe means hate, abhor. It's a strong word. I loathe it all. <laughs> I left it all 30 years ago, more than that. But I love him. I love his truth. It heals my body. Do you realize I've been healed of everything I've ever had because of a hard copy Bible? I'm not kidding you. I sat there, no one around, alone in my closet or my room or on a park bench or out in the woods or somewhere, and I would just meditate on maybe Acts, let's see, chapter 9, verse 34, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Jesus Christ, symptoms raging in my body. Jesus Christ, make thee whole. 
arise. Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. This is how you read your Bible, see? You really have to learn how to read the Bible. Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. And I'm, I'm seeing myself whole. I'm not listening to the symptoms. I'm looking at the Word. I'm not a feeler. I'm a believer. Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. And what happens, this word, see what you don't know about this written book, if you get sour on it, is it's alive. This thing is living and breathing. Put Hebrews 4.12 up there. Hebrews 4.12. Are we doing okay? Come on, this is real life stuff we're talking about. Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is living. I mean, my heart, I feel for those who don't know this is the Word because they're lost without a map. And, and, and I, have, I, mean, I have studied every book in this. I, have, I don't know how many times I've read the, all 66 books. Old Testament, New Testament, Old Testament, New Testament. And I'll read it for the rest of my life. And I understand wanting to know, how was this book assembled? You know, how, why do we call it the Bible? And I, that's, that's good. Again, if there's a hunger to know God, that's a good thing. And I, I share with you a book, uh, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. There's a volume one and a volume two. They've condensed it into one volume, which talks about the physical evidence of this book. There is no writing in history that is backed by the amount of manuscripts that this book is backed with. Do you know you can take all the classical literature together, whether it be Shakespeare, Plato, whatever, whoever it is, you can put all their writings together, but they don't have the physical manuscripts to support what we think they wrote like the Bible does. We're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of manuscripts that support the validity of this book. If you really want to get into the archaeological truth of it. But you know, you don't have to know any of that. You just believe it. That's what I did at 19. I just got in and said, Jesus, show yourself to me. That's how you read your Bible. And you'll find that the Word is living and powerful. So there I am in Acts chapter 9, symptoms raging in my body, and I choose to elevate what God says above the way I feel. Because we read the Word of God to find and know and become grounded in the nature of God. And we find the nature of God in Jesus Christ. So we zero in on every scripture from Genesis to Revelation that reveals Christ to us. And the promises of God. We zero in on the promises of God in the Bible because they reveal to us the nature of God. So Jesus Christ maketh thee whole in Acts 9, 34. I realize that's a living word to me right now. In fact, it's past tense because he made me whole. And that living, powerful word, what happens? It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When I read this book, it goes straight through everything and reaches the core of me and begins working. 
So when I'm sitting there on that bench or in my room meditating on this scripture, the living, powerful word of God is healing my heart and my mind. It's transforming me. I'm being transformed, not just reading this book, but believing it, meditating in it. Listen, the Bible is a recording, a record of God's thoughts. As we read it, meditate in it, believe it, do you know what the Holy Spirit does? He brings God's thoughts to life in us. I remember as a kid, my, I lived with my grandpa, and he had a, a 38 millimeter projector. And so the, in his day, they took movies with a little camera, and they, they'd get this little roll of film, and they'd pop it onto the projector, and they'd feed it through this labyrinth, this maze, <laughs> you know, and you had to get it just right and get that thing all the way through, and then you got to hook it back to this back reel, and then you got to push the button and hope it makes its way through. But what happens? The film has all of the content on it, right? That's the Word of God. You're the projector... The film goes through the projector, and it's, it's got to go all the way through. It's got to get all the way through. And it's weaving in and out of your ideas and the things you believe that are untrue and the confusion and the dark ideas and the traditions and all the things that you've held inside for so long. As you read the Word of God, it's weaving its way through all of the confusion, and it's going all the way through. And then you know what happens as you're doing that? As you're meditating on the Word, the Holy Holy Spirit is the lamp and he illuminates the content that's in the heart of God he brings it to life inside of you and you will begin to see the picture of your destiny in front of you that's what happens when you get in this book you begin to see the movie that God has made of you and it's a person who's strong and healthy. It's a person that's full of joy. It's a person who knows their God. It's a person who knows the reason they've been made. It's a person that knows their life calling. It's a person that has peace. It's a person that's full of purpose. It's a purpose. It's a person walking in the wisdom of God. It's a person successful, living the abundant life. Hallelujah. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So what would happen if we don't read this book? It's like the projector has no film in it. What happens with the projector's got no film in it? You can turn the light on. What do you see? A blank screen. Right? I worked in an IMAX theater when I was... I wasn't quite saved yet. No, it was a year before I was saved. I was 18. And man, they had these rolls of film that were probably about eight feet across. Like you could lay on, you know, the, the roll of it. So one frame was probably about that big. One frame of the film. And this is back in uh, 88. <laughs> 1988. And my job was to make sure that 
massive roll of film that sat on a, like an iron disc fed through that projector properly. And there are times that film would, would get broken or messed up. But when that film was fed through that projector and that lamp went on, there was an image that made people go, Listen, when you get this word inside of you, God will show you an image of you that will make you go, you made me. I'm handcrafted by you. You You have that destiny for my life. It will be a huge IMAX screen full of purpose that will make your jaw drop, that will fuel you for the rest of your life because you'll know this is what I'm made for. Holy Spirit, help us to put your word in our hearts that you may illuminate your vision for our lives, that you may project in front of us the very details of our destiny. Listen to me. The more you think his... Please hear me. The more you think his thoughts after him, the more you put his word in you and embrace it as it is, the more you see things as he sees them, the less the things on this earth will bother you. The less the news stories will bother you. The less, the less you will be distracted by what's going on in the world around you. Man, there are some Christians who are committed to the news. I am amazed at people's commitment to the news. They got to have it. it. It's become a voice in their life that has affected their countenance. And they're distraught because of what they see going on in the world. Can I help you a little bit? If you look in the New Testament, do you know what Paul saw is nothing like, let me say this, what we see today is not even close to what Paul went through. The perversion that uh, in the societies that he was ministering in is not even close to what we've seen. But he was singing and praising his way through it. God hasn't called you to be a newsie unless it's the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, and I know I'm here to tell you, when you embrace God's thoughts, the things of this world will not discourage you, will not distract you, will not frustrate you, and will not keep you from moving forward. I don't care what the headlines are. I know Jesus. People say, what are you going to do if this happens? Same thing I'm doing today. I'm going to keep following Christ. I live in his shelter. He is a shield all about me. He's my countenance. He's my glory. He's the lifter of my head. And no headline is going to change that. Why don't you try it? 
turn the news off and start praising him. But I won't know what's going on. Oh, you'll know more than you've ever known before. You'll know what's going on in the realm of the Spirit. And you'll begin to tear down strongholds. You'll change the news if you'll give God your attention and think His thoughts after Him. See, when you begin to get in this book and you meditate on it and you let God's thoughts reframe your thinking, when your thinking becomes built upon, framed by the Word of God, the more aware of God you become in your daily life. So you can go through life when people around you might be afraid and panicked and you're, f- you're walking conscious of His presence, listening to His voice in the midst of it all with perfect peace. That's who you are. That's your inheritance. To be pillars of peace. Conduits of His presence. Diffusers of His glory. In BJ's. And Target. And Marshall's. And Dick's Sporting Goods. And Taco Bell. (laughs) South of the border. Last scripture and we'll close. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. In the Amplified Classic. And set your minds. That's total commitment. Set your minds. And keep them set on what is above the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. Let's read the verse 1 and 2 in the message translation. So if you're serious, if you're totally committed about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue. Remember the eyes of the Lord running? Are you running after Him? It's like that movie, you know, where there's a man and a woman running through a field trying to get to each other. There's God the Father running towards you. You're running towards Him. Ah, you know? Pursue Him. Make Him the lover of your soul. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Hello? Look up! Be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things. From his perspective. Father, thank you for this time together. Help us to see things from your perspective, to look up, 
to be alert to the things that are going on around Christ. We give ourselves totally to you. We are all about you. Your cause has become ours. We give to you our whole selves, our whole lives. Illuminate Christ to us. Project the picture of your destiny in front of us. In Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.